peace. This is Cheyenne Salah thanking you all for watching and listening to my new podcast. The door is now open to my brave new world. So sit back and relax and let me share with you a little bit of this thing I call life. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. It's so fun. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Cheyenne Salah, back for another episode of Life. For all of our listeners out there, I thank you so much for staying tuned in, being patient with us. It's been a crazy world that we're living in, but I'm happy to get back around to a new episode, a very special and unique episode at that. In the room, I got my good friend, my partner, my guy, Big Unk himself, Darren Wilson, a.k.a. the Grasshopper, who's also next up in line to have his show move through the Brave New World system. Y'all give a big, big round of applause and some love for my man, G-Hop, who's in the building. We're going to be doing something unique tonight, kind of rounding the mountain with respect to uh, the culture that's going on around the globe, how the world is moving, how people are functioning. And we're going to parallel that with a, uh, a very important and uh, piece of artistic work that I developed some years ago. Um, a project that's actually called Brave New World, titled after my company. Very, very important piece of work. And uh, we're going to just dive right into the set tonight. You know what I'm saying? So you guys feel free to do what you always do. You can subscribe, share the information, the content. Um, again, it's much, much appreciated. So whether you're listening on Spotify or iHeart or any of our other uh, distrib distributors and platforms, we thank you dearly for your time and energy and your continued support. So again, we're just going to jump right into the mix and tackle the world the way that they do. My man G-Hop is with me, man. What's happening, man? What's, What's going, going on? What's my brother? Great to be here, man. Man, living life, man. Glad you're here. I know you're a busy dude. I know you're developing and moving and making things happen right now. So it's always a pleasure um, having you in the compound to chit-chat a little bit about things, man. You good? For sure. For sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Let's, Let's go, go champ. champ. Let's go, champ. Yeah, big shout out to Shannon DeCannon Briggs. Yes. I love the whole Let's Go Champ energy. It's crazy. I don't know if y'all follow um, former heavyweight champ Shannon Briggs, but he's a whole nut, man. He out yeah. there yeah, pushing that Let's Go Champ energy. I love that energy, yes. man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Life is uh, back for another episode, and um, I feel very uh, blessed. Uh, to be a creative artist in this time, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't come without its struggles um, and its and its pains, and you know, the natural resilience that any artist is supposed to have if they dare 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 put themselves in a position to call themselves one uh, naturally comes with it. Same thing with being an entrepreneur and whatnot. But I wanted to kind of get it moving, man, by just um, 
you know, how are you seeing the world right now? Just give me a little, little brief soul on, on how you see things moving. Well, I see things moving <laughs> sometimes stagnating. I see that uh, with the things that have happened in the world, global wide, of Black Lives Matter, uh, young black men, young black women being killed for unnecessary reasons. Um, it went on way before this time as well. But at this point in time, I think enough is enough. I think that uh, we are creating new laws uh, to reform the police department. Um, now, the, the true test would be is once these laws are actually completely adopted, uh, those officers following through and maintain core conduct that they're supposed to have, they're supposed to have anyway when they take over to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. So the issue would be is if we can get a better handle on that, we can get a better handle on our people of uh, how they act, what they do, um, lead more to entrepreneurships, being able to own and run their own businesses like we've done hundreds of years ago. Um, even in the 1960s, 50s, and 60s in Seattle, it was pretty strong with uh, African-American businesses. Uh, and then as those folks got older and passed away, bless their souls, uh, their kids uh, did see the importance to uh, maybe maintain the family name as part of their business, mm. uh, fully understanding um, what it took to be a well-known oil company that distributed oil within the city because that was the main source of heat for homes here in the city. So um, I see that there's ways that we are improving, but we still got a ways to go. Sure. Sure. Um, as it is with uh, with all things, there's always a, a history, uh, a legacy, a beginning, a culture. I know I've always found as uh, as an artist, as a way maker myself, I've always felt, you know, a sense of obligation towards the storytelling, um, the, the the way we go about sharing information of, of history, uh, culture and legacy um, is also uh, a bit of a lost um, art. Um, or if it's out there, it's, you know, oftentimes, particularly as it pertains to hip hop, excuse me, it's, it's bastardized. The approach is bastardized, excuse me, as an attempt to kind of undermine the value. So even when you have expressionists out there on the street and artists um, and creatives out there uh, depicting what's going on in the culture, um, you know, for some for, for some people, it's like, you know, if that's not my flavor, then I don't, you know, that's not how I dig off it, you know what I'm saying? And so you got a lot of a lot of elements there that um, I think kind of parallel and, 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 and play together. And then sometimes they roll smooth, sometimes they're very contrast uh, to one another. But I think this area in particular has always been um, much more artistically uh, potent and 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 matured in ways the world doesn't 
you know, you know your notables, your you know, Pearl Jam, Hendrix, Nirvana, Ray Charles, Quincy Jones. You know, you know your you know your legends, if you would. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that's the energy that kind of set the tone for the general structure of art, uh, at least as it pertains to music in the culture. What's uh, what's your take on on that? The take of that, what, the way I see it is we're up here on the left coast. We're way up here as, as far as uh, we don't get the respect, accountability, and notoriety that we really have earned, um, particularly with, with our culture here. But it hasn't been expanded to where it's gone globally like what they do in LA, what they do in New York, what they do in Chicago. You know, so we have great artists and up and coming artists, as well as you know, because you're one of them. You're a pioneer that has taken um, a mixture of the of the old school, the new school, your school, and you have blended it all into where you'd be able to reach everyone that wants to listen. You have so many music that will get to just about every square mm. on the board. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a constant persistence that we have to be able to do and, and fight through the battles that we're going to go through and just keep on putting good product out there and making folks aware of how we do things up here in the Northwest. Powerful, powerful. We do have uh, some teammates in the room. And I know on this episode, one of the reasons why we say it's a little bit different is that we are going to kind of open the floor for people to have uh, questions or share ideas or or what have you. So I want now to be uh, one of those times to kind of remap the tempo so we can get into the structure of what we're doing today. Uh, so feel free if there's a, a question uh, from the floor uh, that you guys would like to have answered. Well, one of the things I just thought of was when a grasshopper mentions, you know, the artistic community up here you know, Shai, you didn't really start your music career. Well, you did start it in Seattle, but you were in LA for really the rise of it. And so I want you to kind of touch on the difference between, you know, what your experience has been being an artist up here, Seattle, New York, some of the other markets um, outside of the Northwest. You know, that's a great question. And it's always a, um, a, uh, a troubling one to answer because you have it's just so different environmentally it, it's so different you know being in LA versus being here being in New York versus here Atlanta or, or Miami or Houston any of the other cities Chicago where there is a, a semblance of entertainment infrastructure and what I mean by that is you know, in the Northwest, you can't walk across the street and see Disney or see Warner Brothers or see the Capitol Records building or see, you know, the Def Jams or the Atlantics or so on and so forth. Um, oftentimes, infrastructure's focus is just in, in alignment with, you know, industry and, uh, you know, performance and productivity. A lot of people undermine the impact that, you know, just something being there around the area 
does and the jobs that it breeds and the carryover. So if you got, you know, 10,000 people working at Disney every day, that's 10,000 people going home with that Disney badge. And whether they work in the music department or they're working in films or cartoons or what have you, they're coming home with that energy. And so the vibration of the household and the neighborhood, it bleeds. When you have that infrastructure like that and you got a community of people working in the game, you got a whole different environment. So the thing about LA or New York is that there's, you know, 10,000 publicists that might just be focusing in, in music and film, you know, and there's uh, 20,000 managers that don't want to do anything but manage uh, artists in hip hop or rock and roll or what have you. And you got all the venues and you got booking agents and you got, and these are by the thousands in jobs. And so you have people whose livelihood is dependent on um, an artist mm -hmm. being willing to come forth and emerge with their talent. And, and that's a very deep thing, yes, you know. Yes. So to go to, to go to a place like LA and be dropped in the middle of all that, um, you know, versus being here, <laughs> Uh, which is just vastly different. There's no infrastructure here, which, which means basically that there's no jobs. There's no storytelling around the culture. There's tons of talent, yes. um, but there's you don't got the, the job factor, the storytelling, the messaging going home uh, or driving or you're driving somewhere. And you see, you know, Capitol Records on the side of the road or you see Disney on the side of the road. Right. Um, you don't you don't have that kind of vibration here. So what you do have is you have technology. You got Microsoft up the street or you got Amazon over here. Or you got this or that. And so that that kind of leads the culture here. Uh, so that that was a very um, interesting thing to get used to. And so a lot of the outreach that I've done in it is born from the fact that I come from that industry vibe. I was always very entrepreneurial. So I'm I'm pro entrepreneurship versus independent. Um, uh, entrepreneurship um, contextualizes business ownership from a different, a different space. It, it it means that you're probably going to have to collaborate. You're going to have to uh, share the ball on some level. You're going to have to team up with the right folks. You're going to have to be innovative and and so on and so forth. Um, and when you're in a L.A. or New York, that is that's plain and simple who you roll with, who's your crews, who your teams, who you sign to, who you producing with, what studio are you going to, who's mastering the project, who are you going out on tour with? Are you opening up for so and so? Are you headlining at blah, blah, blah? All that's infrastructure. And so it's just different down there than, than up here. But um, it's it's definitely something that we're trying to build and message mm -hmm. and culturalize here. How do you feel performing in LA and New York? How do you feel it influenced your musical style than if you were just up here? From a performance standpoint, you know, performing uh, in LA and New York, I, I wouldn't say that it had, that it had uh, um, a direct influence. My influence comes from my household that I was raised in. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my, my pop is a very 
colorful, dynamic. Um, he was a he was a powerful force, and who loved music. I always say this to people. I feel like I repeat myself, but you know, hell with it. I, I have to repeat myself again. Um, one of the beauties of being being raised in my household is is my dad was a music fan. He wasn't trying to compete. He wasn't trying to be an artist. <laughs> he wasn't trying to tell you he knew everything about how to make a song. He enjoyed music as just a fan. And I don't know, I don't know how many people really get raised um, by someone who's diehard fan, um, spend their money on records um, and enjoying time in the house playing records and listening to music, but that that's the household I was raised in. So that had a heavy influence. And I think because of the way he was raised, um, you know, different flavor and spice was added into that. He's, he was born on the East Coast and he got all that kind of dynamic going on. So I think that um, what I got from getting around the culture in LA and, and in New York City um, was access. I mean, it's very stimulating because History is there. So, uh, you know, you, you, you can walk through Harlem and see the Apollo right there like, yo, damn, that's that's the Apollo Theater. Or you can be walking on Sunset Boulevard and see the Whiskey A Go-Go right there like, yo, damn, that's crazy. That's the whiskey. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are legendary performance houses. <laughs> like The greatest of the great, 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 great uh, have, have, you know, um, put their stamp in these in these little theaters and, and 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 I think that's the other thing about it is especially when when you come in with a a hip hop dynamic from a place like out here where the venues are kind of isolated to like club culture um, when you're in those cities you actually have the component of the theater um, with the live show and so the theater brings a whole different element to it you know it's it, it's date night for the couples that's going out, and it's, it's it's just got a different vibe. It's not like going to a club or something. Um, taking nothing away from that, because I performed in the clubs too, and that's very different um, as well. But um, that's kind of how, how I would say it influenced me is that just that touch of history, being on those streets and knowing the greats that have come through there, is as a um, you know something haunting about it. There's something there's something like you almost kind of feel like you're being watched a little bit like the 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 halls are truly hallowed and and uh and you know you know you know from being an athlete you walking down the corridor you told me the other day how you know you'd be touching the 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 championship teams you were on in the Pac-10 and it's like you know there's something in that energy right and, and so it's the same thing you know it's like you just you you feel that you feel that they've been there before. Mm -hmm. You feel who's been in that room yes. Um, yes. and who's rocked those stages. And so, yeah, it's definitely definitely a different different stimulation for sure. Um, well, let me ask you this. Your music, what's your, what's your main objective on your music? What, 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 are you, what are you trying to bring across and make sure there's a message in every song that you sing? How do you, how do you, how do you come up with that? Um, 
that's a heavy question. I, I'm not sure that I'm actually trying to have a message in every song. Okay. Okay. Um, I, not that I'm not intentional. There's something, so every song is different. Like I look at it like a lot of times when I'm working with a producer, um, if I hear a track or a beat, if I hear a lick of a guitar, my first inclination is to translate what I think that that note is trying to say or what that bass line is trying to say or what, you know what I mean? Like. I, I, I'm, I'm, my job is to integrate with the sound and then, you know, kind of, you know, you're kind of this, this channeling of who you are kind of comes forth and says, you know, this is, this is what it is. This is what I feel is appropriate, you know, according to the beat. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes that, that is intentional unto the point of I have a direct message to say other times it's just intentional from a I'm just expressing like this just makes me feel this song makes me feel like going to war this song makes me feel like um traveling this song makes me feel like having sex this song makes me feel like making money or you know it, it. all right well, well give me an example with this one here street salvation One of my favorite songs. Yeah, mine too. Mine um, all time. Now the interest, the, the interesting story behind Street Salvation, is if if you're listening to the Brave New World album, in its order, um, it comes right after a song called Six Six Six. That's correct. Right, and so um, now that was deliberate because Six 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 is this this rebel dude who you know unfortunately lucks into a circumstance with devilishness in general right and so street salvation becomes like his you know that's the champion tribute song it's the it's it's kind of like the the get hype song um that that blankets the album mm -hmm. And and the idea in that song was to present a, yeah, there's there's pain. Um, in the world, particularly for, particularly for the culture, there's pain in the world, right? And I think um, from a soul standpoint, it's it's underlooked. There's, it's almost like in the in the spirit realm, you got your own racism taking place. You know what I'm saying, like. If you're a soulful person, if you're an authentic person, if you're a holistic person, if you're a spiritual person, mm -hmm. if you're a religious person, or if you're really like 
cultural, then there's these forces that come upon you. Or if you're just totally true to like your purpose, if you're a purposeful person, like I believe all of that. Mm -hmm. Because to be any of those things is kind of like to anti-conform. But sometimes even when you're in there, you can end up conforming. You know, kind of, kind of go overboard. So Street Salvation is like a liberation song, right? And it's designed to say, liberate from it all. Yeah, there's this crazy shit going on in the world, but the smallest of us, you know, uh, I think that the first line says, um, there's not enough love in the world. There's only war, money, and girls. Terrorists got y'all scared. Why can't it be? A little boy from a ghetto town. That's it right there. A little boy from the ghetto town got enough cash to make the world go round, but he's occupied by the sights and sounds of a life he won't lead. That's right. Real deep right is, there. Is that what I'm saying? That's, that's real deep right there. Uh, so, but that's how liberation happens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, oh, but yeah. I feel like that's, yeah. Yes. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what's what, what's crazy. One of my homeboys, when I first moved to LA, there was a crew of us that was from the Federway area that were all kind of migrating down. Some of which were already down there. And um, me and my partner Rock, who's one of the most functional producers on uh, the Brave New World album project. He and I are sitting up one night with another friend of ours. And they had been toying for the longest time with trying to figure out a name for like a rap crew. And, and, and the term Brave New World had been getting tossed around like here and there. And I was like, yo, that's a dope name for a rap crew. You know what I'm saying? Now you got to remember, I'm coming up in the era where, we, you know, we, 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 we idolize the Wu-Tang Clans and the Fugees and, and you know what I'm saying? Like... Uh, these iconic, you know, Tribe Called Quest, these iconic bands and groups that have these dynamic names that feature like this energy. And so I, always, I was always fond of that. But there was a purpose riding on me, you know, with respect to trying to do something different and, and having that entrepreneur edge. And I thought, you know, what about an organization called Brave New World where the same energy of the rap crew actually moves into a, a business. And now that energy of, of that art is now the new way to be corporate. And, and what it's saying is a brave new world is like all, it's all designed to liberate, it, to liberate itself and others from judgment, from um, persecution, from limitations that are both inborn and that that are in in and around society uh for whatever the reasons are uh to be to take a empathetic approach to life and and try to use a higher form of intelligence to you know announce yourself and say i have the courage to say that i'm incomplete 
maybe according to your standards. But I don't care. I'm still going to show up and perform. You know what I mean? Because I got the right to have such a life, right? And so when I got the opportunity to move into this, this album, and mind you, I've done several albums um, that all have their own unique stories um, for their whys and their why nots as far as uh, their existence is concerned. When I got to that Brave New World album in, in 08 with, with Koch, that was, that was actually a record I was supposed to do with Sony. And Sony had uh, let go of their urban department um, at that time. And I got caught up in that fray and, and my deal was cut. Um, and so I ended up getting on, getting on with Koch and, um, and doing the record. But that's what it was kind of, you know, designed to say was, you know, to hell with it. You know, I'm here, I'm brave, I'm innovative, I'm intelligent. I don't care what y'all got to say about it. If I lack in something, I'll figure it out. I don't got time to sit up and judge you or be judged. Um, and I think that's the that's the soul of, of being brave is you're no longer in the, oh, you judge me, so I guess I better, you know, not, yeah. not do anything. Because exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mr. Whatever said I'm nothing. Exactly. Okay, whatever, man. Right. That's just all right. Let's go, right? So, that that's that's the that's the essence behind that. Yeah, um, a fun album to make, by the way. Fun album to make. Well, let me ask you this: that on 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 that uh, Brave New World, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, I noticed there's fourteen cuts on there, and. The 14, I think it's 12. 12? It's 12. <laughs> but, uh, but we know that uh, uh, Street Salvation was the last one. Yes. Yes. So uh, explain what it really takes, first of all, to make a, a song on an album. And then how do you determine how you're going to prioritize them and list them and put them on the album? Hmm. Um, that's a great question. I think a lot of the culture now is so focused on moving somebody with a single, like something that's hot right now. Like, mm -hmm. And so they design um, content based on just uh, moving you for that brief moment mm -hmm. because all the data and analytics say, oh, if you get online, you got, you got five seconds to get them or seven seconds to sell them. The, uh, the 15 seconds to hold their attention or they're gone or right. you got all this data shit going on, right? But for me, the culture behind being an artist, again, is to free yourself from all of that and find what moves you. And then you, ha you have to have a great deal of trust because you have to know, okay, Maybe I don't represent everybody in the world. But if I ask myself the question, is there at least 100,000, maybe perhaps a million people in the world that are into what I'm into? Right? Yeah. Then you kind of microscopically start to move towards this like, all right, if there's 100,000 people um, that love to drink coffee in the morning and listen to jazz, right. 
that I want to make something for them. Because I'm one of them and that's what moves me, right? And that's, and that becomes the essence in which you start building music and content, you know? It's important, it's important. And don't get me wrong, there's artists that just feed the machine and it's just all about hitting like that. And don't get it twisted, you know? I, I, can, I can deliver that, you know? That, that's in there too. But the body of work I'm trying to produce is, was always for being respected for the art and the culture. And that over over time, the maturation of art is supposed to stand the test of time. That's how you know it's art. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because as you go on and you grow with it, you turn it on like, oh, okay. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. I still I still ride with that. Um, There's there's music I can listen to from LL from when I was a kid, a little boy (laughs) from 30 years ago and be like, man. LL's version of going back to Cali is is an artistic, you know, masterpiece. So I kind of went into this like, how do I stay true, mm-hmm. right? I'm gonna stay true to who I am, and I'm gonna let the beats, I'm gonna let the beats move me, and I'm gonna trust that there's people in the world that can be moved by the content. And so, you layer the course of the album. Not just myself, there's plenty of other people in the room. Right. Um, one of my top producers, my man Rock, he's a DJ. My man Kaz is a DJ. These, these guys was tastemakers. They know, you know, they got to rock parties all the time. They know sequence. Yes. And so you, you want to put an album together where there's a, a, you know, a sequence in the rhythm that leads people into, you know, a variety uh, so that they can enjoy it in its, in its totality. That's right. And so there is a, you know, a, a selection process with that. But that's kind of how we did that. That was my man, Rock. That was my man, uh, Eric Willis. That was my man, Booker T. Jones. May he rest in peace forever. He engineered that record. That's the, he's the son of Booker T. and the MGs. Booker T. Jones III, very, very well-known and established uh, mix engineer and producer. Um, you know, we deliberately made sure we recorded at House of Blues. My good friend Gary Bells. Um, so just being in that room again, that's one of those moments yes, where, yes. like, oh, if you knew the albums that have been made here. In fact, um, when I got to House of Blues, I think either Nas or Pink had just left, and when I was done, the other one was just coming in. I forget which one it was, wow. but I was booked literally right in between them in a in a kind of two three week. Um, so that must, have been a, that must have been a, a, a an emotional, a, a natural, psych high. It's like, it's like lining up and we're about to get this game on, but we got to get this game because we need to make sure we get in the playoffs with this game. Right? It's something like that yeah. because you know when you got, you know, they're booked year round. Right. And so, you know, you got, you got legends yeah. coming there. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. know, that's right. And sometimes, from a studio life standpoint, sometimes it's just to get that guitar lick. Yeah. It ain't even, they, they're not even, you know, uh, you know, it's not about a whole song, might make to get that lick, or I gotta redo this chorus, or, um, or we're remixing this, okay. or what have you. Right. you know, so there's a lot of energy in that, and you don't know, you know, it's not, you know, one session is not privy to the other, one artist is not privy to the other's work. Right. Um, 
when you're doing it. So you definitely want to feel like because of where you're at, you want the storyline to carry over. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, mm-hmm. so and so was just here, man. They went in. They, were, you know. Yeah. So you want that energy for sure. Yeah. Uh, you recorded that album so quick, and you wrote a lot of songs kind of on the fly. Was there any track that you feel like you struggled with? Um. Sh- no. <laughs> No. <laughs> there are 14 tracks, by the way. Oh, there are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. I stand corrected on my own shit. Okay, world. Yes, I'm corrected. Um, no, I, I don't think there was anything that I uh, that I struggled with per se. I was in such a good vibe. You know, it was such a, a unique time. You know, we we were on the precipice of the recession. And um, Obama, I think it just got elected or was coming around the election for his first term when I was recording this album. And I originally went in, I had a whole other album recorded. And I'm sitting in House of Blues and my man Rock starts playing a couple beats. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just said, damn, yo, we got, yeah, what? I got something here, huh? <laughs> and so it's like we scrapped all the shit we was ready to ride with. Like 80%. Oh, wow. For the most, yeah. And shit, I spent the next, you know, day or two writing to all these songs. And uh, that's kind of how. And I just went on a binge. I'm I'm a binge writer. So you put me in a studio and you give me you give me music. I mean, I my producer dudes, y'all know me, so that ain't no front. I it's nothing for me to um to kick him out. But that was special because that was completely unintentional. That just that just happened uh randomly. He just started playing me some new some new tracks and I got moved. And, and I didn't want to lose it, mm-hmm. that that vibration mm-hmm. that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so it was so pure that you know what I'm saying I wanted to capture it, and so so we did. Well, let me answer another question. Let's 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 talk about your mindset. Let's talk about. Um, how it was in 2008 and nine, and where it is today, 2021. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> here's what I can tell you. I was pretty much aware in 2000, shit, I can go back to the late 90s right, right. and say, I knew these days was coming. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew. That's why if you listen, if you listen to the culture of my music, if you listen to the essence of it, uh, it's it's super heroic in in a, in a lot of cases because it's to some degree, particularly in the Brave New World album, mm-hmm. it's triumphing through spirit over the elements of life that hold you back. 
when we're talking about the elements of life, we're talking political. Yeah, any any other construct that's designed, so to speak, to keep you down, okay. right? For whatever that may be for the individual. Okay. Um, I've always had that kind of motivational fighter, um, lover, warrior, spirit, empath, spirit. Um, but I always talk through the issues mm-hmm. in my earlier records. And and, and, it, and in, at that time, you know, I was acutely aware of what I feel you know, is going on in, in the world spiritually and politically and, and so on and so forth. Um, I would say if there's a difference between now and then, um, there, there's a, in the now, it, you know, it's a trip to see it all manifest. Mm-hmm. It's a trip to see that there feels to some degree, um, there's the evolution of, of human beings isn't as rapid as, as, uh, as you'd like it to be. And so that's frustrating because then you realize you know, the mind is sensitive, the soul is sensitive. So when you start to examine all the art that's put out there and all the money that's put behind programming the people for, you know, that artist, that artist, and that artist, God bless them, right? But um, is it having the impact Sade, a Sade record would have, or um, a Wu-Tang record would have, or, you know, a Big Daddy Kane record, you know what I'm sure, saying? And, sure. and so there's no reason in today's lane that they should not be at the forefront of the culture. That's not taking away who's at the forefront of it commercially right now. Invite them. You know, there's no reason for there to be barriers at all. Back in that time, there were still the barriers because the old system was still largely in place you know what i'm saying you had to fight for for that shit radio you had to make heavy investments for radio and tv time and all this kind of stuff not that you don't now you still do now mm-hmm. but there's inroads now that weren't there excuse me they weren't there before and so i think my mindset now is just to deliver premium mature dope holistic well-respected products no matter what. And and you either got the mental and financial and soulful capacity to afford it, or you don't. You know, say you can keep it pushing with, with whatever else it is. But I, I think that's the difference is that back then I could see the time coming. And now I'm actually living in it, kind of looking at it like, damn, I thought we'd be a little further, mm-hmm. especially on the spiritual side, a little mm-hmm. further progressed. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some ways we are, the information's out there, but you don't got true education behind all the access to info. And so it leaves people stuck in conspiracy lanes versus being able to actualize information into their life and perform and elevate and move on. You know, uh, conspiracies is very traumatic for us as a culture. So we can't see that there's a deep magnet there. That as soon as you get a little bit of info, oh, someone's being, someone's being done like blah, blah, blah. Man, half the black culture is going to go in, what? What's going on? And the trauma draws you there because we've been traumatized so much, right? 
but where's the wisdom in the in the elevated um, methods to deal with it, to heal with it, and then become pronounced and 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 move forward? And it's you don't always hard, have that. It's a hard thing in our culture. Of course. Hard thing in our culture because we haven't been taught that. Well, it's hard to believe a good thing when you're magnetized to a bad thing. That's correct. That's right. Because, you know, endorphins are running on both sides. Yeah. So it's like if you got a uh, the biology of trauma, if you would, uh, and maybe more appropriately, I guess I should say the, the physiology that kind of um, takes place, that mind-body experience mm -hmm. pain and trauma and all this kind of stuff it sends off chemicals and shit endorphins and these things have addictive properties you got people that are addicted to pain and addicted to these things so all it takes is one bad incident with somebody black and boom the whole world's on it 15 good incidents could be taking place where somebody black is triumphant or doing something great. No one's on it. Nope, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're in a time now where it's like, man, damn, that's crazy because we're supposed to be on it. Yes. We're supposed to understand the power of focused attention on things yes. and to recircuit that programming back onto the people. Sure. That's not to say that it avoids or nullifies the bullshit that's taking place is to say, we coming to put a stop to it by remapping our programming to the good that we do. Right. And because we're doing good, we start to protect the good and we love the good right. and we put up barriers for the good. So you can't intervene with the bad. We too good with what we do, right. right? And so I think there's just a lot of that that um, is in between those okay. time periods right. for me. Well, thank you on that. Yeah. mindset when you wrote love me or leave me alone just what i said my mindset on, on love me or leave me alone was just what i said because look my concept of love is is first and foremost of the agape form it is it is unconditional which is a very difficult thing for people that are preconditioned to love otherwise to, to you know to embrace and so it's, it's designed to say i'm not here to fit in your box i'm not here to be enslaved to you emotionally professionally culturally <laughs> in 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 any form i'm not designed to be a slave to you. So when you think about relationships, a lot of times what I was writing through was, you know, I wasn't born for that. I wasn't born to be silent. And I wasn't born to be held captive. And I got no interest in silencing anyone or holding someone captive. But I am probably going to hurt your feelings because if you think in any kind of traditional way, that's just not probably how I'm going to think. I'm never going to do anything, in, you know, intentional, but I want to ride with you. I want to make things happen. I want to cause things to happen. Freely. Um, freely. freely and transparently. Yeah. So I'm the kind of dude that say, here I am. This is my world. Here's access to me. Yeah. Let's go. Let's build. Let's do things. Where, where it goes wrong 
to answer the question is people think you, you can't mess up. You, or, and when I say mess up, I mean delays come with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, alterations come with that. Right. Adaptations come with that. Pivoting <laughs> comes with that. Yes. Can you adjust? Adjustments come with that. There's a movie that I love called The Adjustment Bureau that I think really like personifies, you know, the way life is when you're purposeful and making you make the adjustments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea that there's this kind of preset um, destination or purpose for you. Um, but along the way, there's, you know, you got to make these adjustments. And so sometimes people with love, they think, you know, it's just it's rigid and it's and it's hard lines like, no, 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 no. No, man, you got to have maximum patience. You got to have trust. You got to have faith and belief. You got to reinforce those things. You don't get with someone so they can do something for you. You connect with somebody because you got something to bring to the table to add value. Especially if it's someone you have any expectations going to bring value to you. So I think that our culture in particular has had it really bad because... You know, how dare a black man face delays? Right. Well, now we got to do this. Right. You see what I'm saying? I know. I know. Oh, we got to adjust now because you didn't, you know, yeah. the penalty is harder, has always been harder on us. So love me or leave me alone was designed to say just that. If you're going to mess with me at all, let's do it. Right. And let's do it according to the standard of the thing. Not, not, not even my standards. Right. This is how this industry goes. I have a rule. I say no man is exempt. So whatever it took that person to do it, it very well may take me and more. Right. Whatever it took uh, Bill Gates to do it, if that's the lane I want to go in, I may have to go through that plus some um, to get there. Right. <clears throat> For me to wake up in the morning and to assume anything but is bullshit. That's right. And that, that that's the leave me alone part. Yeah. Like if you can't see this for what it is and what it may entail, the storms are going to come. Remember, can you stand the rain? Can you stand the rain? <laughs> hey, storms will come. This we know for sure. Right. But baby, tell me, can you stand the rain? And so the idea becomes, do you have the ability to walk with me when it's stormy? The easy part is when it's all good and everybody's paid, money's flowing, stuff's yes. happening. Man, yes. it's the, the real you is in the delays. The real you is in the adjustments. The real you is in the planning. The real you is in the strategy. The real you is found in the conflict. That's right. That's right. So, true. so love me or leave me alone is simply about if you can't deal with the storms, just leave me alone. It's just, it's just, it's what it is. that's just what it is. So.
music, music. Man, uh, spirit's everything to me. Now, when I say spirit, I mean it all, man. Spirit, the ether, energy, vibe, mood, tone, style, color, flavor. All of that is in the, the ethers for me. And all of those um, stimulants are pathways to, um, you know, creating relationship or creating identity um, or, you know, developing continuity with, with the highest source. And that's always been a um, priority of mine. Uh, but largely because, as I was just saying before, because you're going to have things happen in life. You're going to have moments that you're uncomfortable with. Um, and if you don't have that thing to kind of lean in on, you can't reinforce the study behavior of, well, what do we do when it's when it's not good? And it, you can pretty much rest assured half your life is going to probably be not good or not comfortable, should I say. Um, and so my life was, you know, uh, it, it's been very uncomfortable, but that's comfortable to me to a certain degree. So um, learning about God and soul and spiritual culture, I loved it because whether I was reading scripture or whether I was traveling somewhere and journeying or whether I was in a, a museum or a library, I come across a great book or uh, you know, some uh, obscure relic or an artifact or a piece of literature from times past or anything like that. Um, I always felt like there's a bit of me in that. I, mean, I, I saw some of myself in my crazy ass life that, that, that I live and by no means trying to, uh, you know, compare it to spiritual greats per se, but being able to use their lives to identify my own and understand my own um, was, was very, very important to me. And then, you know, it's, it's part of what, what I went to school for. Um, and I love what theology at a university level um, gave to me. And I love having a very deep background uh, personally my family's got a deep background in civil rights and, 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 and the ministry and music and arts and entrepreneurship and um, all of that, you know, registered uh, as godly to me on, on some level. And so I think when you allow yourself to succumb to that, that vibe, you know, you go down what I guess people today would say is the rabbit hole of whatever. I went down that rabbit hole as a kid. You know, I read I read the Bible full load at 11 years old and was in it. I wish my mom was here right now because she'll tell y'all I was in it and I could I, I saw what was up and I had a thousand questions. And I was a kid that dreamt lucidly as a kid and had prophetic visions and all kinds of all kinds of shit you know that fortunately arts was in my family so to be able to write and draw and articulate 
I had platforms for that. My grandmother saw to it that we had a, a, a theatrical production dynamic in, in our family. And so that went a long way for me. I was performing very early and then the rest was sports. And the reason why I say that those are important, both the arts and sports, is because a lot of people don't associate activity with spirituality. But, you know, they do with methods, you know, maybe meditating and, and some of these kind of things. But in your day in, day out, get down in life, like, yeah, God's all of it. The source is in all of it, you know, so being able to find that in there, find that that valve and those rhythms in there um, was a tremendous backdrop for me. And so that is everything. Uh, all the other stuff I've done in life is secondary, really, to that. Um, if I'm able to, you know, really give it blunt and clear. If you listen to my music, you can definitely hear uh, some of that influence. But um, if you talk to people in my family, people that really know me, they'll, they'll tell you that that's the same, too. You talk about the spirit. You talk about your, your, your method, your preparation, your purpose. Have you given back to the community and those that you have given back to, um, have they also have taken on some success or, or are already successful? Can you talk about maybe some of those mentors that you have mentored? Um, here's how, mentors, I should say. Yeah, here's how I would say that. I, um, I'm not as much invested in, in the interest of the success of people that I come across as much as I am um, them just having access to what I have to offer. What they do with it, you know, and whether that they come across me or they come across whoever they come across, it's incumbent upon them to exercise those things accordingly. But Yes, my whole career, my career started with giving back. Okay. It started with outreach. Like, I was one of the first cats I knew. I'm sure there was others doing it. Right. Right? And... Well, there were. We'll, we'll, we'll just, yeah, I'm sure there was others yeah. doing it. Uh, but I was on college campuses, high school campuses, middle school campuses from the start of my career. Not after I had gotten this and gotten that and so on. That was from the gate. So my give back game, you know, I wish a cat would try to come get with me on that because I, I, I started through, through that, right? Yes. Um, for many, many years, um, I worked in, in inner cities in, in this country, primarily with suspended, expelled kids, kids that was in trouble for various days. It's easy to see us, you know, not acting right in the classroom and you boot us out, write us up, whatever, kick us away, whatever, whatever the deal is, that's gone on for decades, right? So that was like my first client. And so an outreach to go to that student, either in a classroom or an assembly and remind them that they're dope. Mm -hmm. Remind them in the most articulate way possible, mm -hmm. damn what they got to say about you. Mm -hmm. Right. You're dope. You're alive. And I get them just, you know, 
just touch your heart, man. Touch your tummy. I just do simple stuff. Right. You know when you eat a piece of popcorn or you eat a slice of pizza, you got this thing called your digestive system. Rub your belly. Any little kids be rubbing their belly. Yeah, that's your gut. Now, you, you, now your soul is sitting in there. Your soul is sitting in there, right? So you got all this stuff. You got heat. You got energy. You got things going on. Your body is so dope. It's got the ability to take that piece of pizza that you love and find every carbohydrate and every little piece of protein and any little vitamin it can find. And it can extract it and take it out and move it through your body. And, you know, you got kids that's like, yo, this cat's <laughs> off the hook, right? And I raised my babies that way, too. Like, you just got to remind people that they dope already. We dope already. We magical already. It's just you let the world trick you into thinking because you don't got no money. You're not worthy. Man, get out of here. My whole setup is magical. It's so magical, I could go the next 30, 45, 60 days and not eat anything. As long as I give me some water in me. That, that's an amazing thing. You, you see what I'm saying? And so and you got to get in touch with that when you're leading people that don't have nothing. When they don't have nothing, the soul is broken. The mind is broken. The spirit is broken. And so you got to remind them, no, man, you already, you already are amazing. You are beautiful. And you got that brain and you can talk and you can speak and you can think and you can sing and you can write and you can draw and you can run and you can catch and you can throw and you can fight and you can plan despite what's going on in your world. See, sports figured all that out. Sports figured it out. And they said, we don't give that. Come on out. Come on out here. Put the uniform on. Come on, let's go. Yeah, we're going to pick the best of you, but we're going to find a system that helps you to remind yourself that you're capable and that you can do it. I don't care whether you're swimming, whether you're doing gymnastics, whether you volleyball, whether you football, whether you baseball. We're going to find something for you that, that you're good at. They just forgot to say that, did you know that there's a thousand jobs that come with each of these? So even if you don't make the team, we need you over there in the training uh, room. We need you over there in the front office. And so we need you. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. This is it's, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. So I know that's a long way around um, the, 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 the question, but that's my style of outreach. It's like, it's that simple. We're already amazing. Right. We just let somebody trick us into thinking that if this is off, that we're not okay. You know, it's okay, man, that that didn't happen for you, bro. Ask Michael Jordan how many times he missed a shot. Believe me, it's okay. Right? How many times Kobe missed a shot? It's okay. It's going to be all right. Just keep shooting. Keep shooting. Keep going. And so we have to reinforce that uh, in outreach. And I was very blessed, excuse me, that that was a big part of my legacy. And so that grew into me developing my own foundation mm-hmm. where I've, I've, I've worked with kids, I've worked with tons of other foundations, I've served on all kinds of boards, mm-hmm. I've been on state committees, I've been on national committees, I've, I've paneled at everything from NAM to ASCAP, you name the university, I mean, you know, right, right. I've, I've, I've been in that work for a long, 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 long time, helping to make change. Uh, happen. And so I wish more artists who had commercial deals mm-hmm. 
could kind of see that that connective tissue um, because that would fuse the worlds, uh, you know, all the more. But um, yeah, it's important work to me. I appreciate your answer. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you, um, like we say, telling the nitty gritty. A lot of folks don't want to hear that. What all folks want to do is they want to be here, but they don't want to do the things that take you to get there. You know, like you said, it's you got to pivot. You know, you got yeah. to you got to do a detour. Yeah. And and those are just the challenges uh, that we face in life, and some face them. Some start off doing well, but then too many occur, then they get discouraged and then they fall back down. Right. And you have not fallen back down. Matter of fact, it's like each time that you had a detour, you had to make an alteration, it's made you strong. I get stronger. You get strong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what we need to 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 relay out there, folks. We know life ain't easy, but we know that if we continue to stay strong and fight for what we believe in. Not what they want, but what we believe in, we're going to be successful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I think that that's what happens when. See, it's real easy. It's, it's just like telling the struggling child that they're dope, reminding them of what's already magical about them. It's the same thing with getting people to identify with struggle. It's like you may be white. But oh, you got some black shit going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've been denied some things, oh, yeah. and you've had people. Hit, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, like yeah. it's oh, all it, it, it's it's all relative in the purpose game. Mm -hmm. The problem with race, because race is at a uh, it's bottom scale. Yes. It's base work. Yes. Right. Yes. But it 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 is the foundation of America. Right. And so it when it personifies. It, it heats from the core and touches everybody. Mm -hmm. But it's base level um, energy. Mm -hmm. Energy is base level. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is that every ethnicity struggles. Every nation struggles. Yes, we, they all do. Every culture struggles. Yes. Every genre of music struggles. Yes. Every household struggles. struggles. Every individual, right? That's truth. Right. So the thing you move off of is the thing you got a Heisman out the way is, hey man, I'm no longer believing in the fallacy that this is something else. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that struggle is a part of this thing mm -hmm. somehow, mm -hmm. right? Now, how do I go in and start dissecting not necessarily to make the struggle less, but to make me stronger during it. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's gonna be there. Mm -hmm. I don't got enough time in my lifetime to make you think different. Mm -hmm. Now, if I do something dynamic enough that gets to you mm -hmm. and it causes that for you to do that for yourself, right. beautiful. Amen to that, amen to that. But amen. man, look, I, from a lifespan standpoint, I don't know. Right. I don't know if I can you know, do it that way. But what I can do is I can say, when it comes to me doing me, right. And going after it for myself, I can go at it in a way that I feel I'm going to get the most output so I can deliver for my household. That's right. Now, that may not match up to what you see in across the street. The cat across the street might be looking at me like, oh, he's an asshole. That's right. 
I don't like that dude. He ain't da, 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 whatever. You know what but for my household, this might be what work. What they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. It just depends on what end of the block you on. When when it comes to that, you know what I'm saying? Which is a crazy thing, but that's just the truth about life. Unfortunately, part of being a human, people believe they got to conform. And you go along to get along, and even though it may not be true to your soul, you'll just do it because everyone else is doing it. And that's how we create problems. Because the thing that you're doing to just get along was just someone else's idea. They just were really effective at promoting the idea or turning it into policy or making it be this or that. And it's got the illusion that it's truth, but it's not. The fact of the matter is that's not the only grocery store I can go to. I might have to go a little further to get to Whole Foods, (laughs) but it's down there. And then the stuff I actually am looking for that's good for my allergies is actually in that store. But if I can't see past the one that's right there available to me in the beginning, then I just don't know. So I got to go through this other journey in life to get to the one that that's beyond. Right. And I think that's where all the golden treasures are for each individual. You know, the convenience store, they figured it out. Yeah. Oh, man, these cats just want some sodas, some chips. Yes. And some, let's make it and they get some gas on the way. And you're on the way home. You got an extra 20 bucks in your pocket. Boom. That makes economic sense right there. That's why they call it convenient. But is it healthy? You see what I'm saying? And so these are things we now have to start to um, start to kind of deal with. And uh, and I think it's just important that we that we're tapped into like the just the truth, the truth of ourselves. And I think that's what every artist's job uh, ultimately is, is to be about. What's your after all this time that you did record? Brave New World album to today. Did you have a favorite back then? And is it still your favorite track now? Or has that changed? You know, it changes. It depends on my mood. There's times where I, I really love Carpe Diem because it's just beats and rhymes. Mm-hmm. There's times where I love Hustler because I'm a hustler. I'm I'm a go-getter. I'm, I'm a way maker. There's times I love Summer We Fell In Love. Uh... There's times I, you know, I, it, it, it skips for me. I love Do It Mama. Do it, Mama, kiss the sky. Turn this out, up and down the block with the burner out. Find a homeboy, what you worry about? Guess I gotta pull my Ike Turner out. Y'all want none of that. Serious about mines, baby, trust me back. I'm all in the track like the gum and pal. Busters taking markets, set and bow. Down, God got the crucifix style. Hop off the cross, drop holes for the crowd. My style has never been seen. Left leg limp like iceberg, the OG. To talk to your pimpin' mama. Let it do what it do, baby, get it, mama. Until then, I'm posted on the block with a little more shit to talk. Get a hot light. That was my ode to um, Jackson 5. Um, I, I, I went on a journey for years of just studying. I love the Jackson 5. I think uh, a lot of people don't give them the, the, the respect as artists, as um, players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's that in that in that do it, mama, kiss the sky. Uh, it's kind of this blend of 
of an ode to James Brown and the Jackson Five. That's what I kind of had in my mind. Right. You know, she don't know it's out of control. If can't nobody get a piece of that pie. Hard to hold it. She already sold it. And he can't roll with it. Now this is why. Then you got the undertone. It's the, like the Tito Jackson right. shit. Daddy don't really want to be with a girl like she. <laughs> got to pay the bills. Baby, that's for real. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's that old school construct of a oh, song. Like wow. when I heard that beat, that brought me into that world. That's what came out of me. But um, those are... That's a song that's always kind of like a constant resonating. I can turn that on anytime and instantly get oh, I know. get happy. I know. You know, I, know. I, I love the 666 joint because so many people are so spooked out. Uh, <laughs> They're yeah. so spooked out by that. And there's this great story behind it, right? Like, I don't, you probably remember this, Hop. When I was a kid, we spent every weekend at my grandma's, right? And most of those weekends... Uh, my grandma, who she was married, my, my grandfather was Creole, right. and she picked up a lot of that energy. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal at making gumbo. Oh, yes. That was our weekend jump off. So it was gumbo and it was seafood. Mm-hmm. This is every weekend. The whole family's got to come, right? So if they weren't barbecuing, mm-hmm. it was gumbo right. for the most part. Sometimes you have, you have a spaghetti it's night or whatever. Right. Anyways, we would we would dip down to the basement and in her room she had the cable set up. Okay. And she had one of the first like original big screens. And you remember the old controllers? We gotta find an image of this and put this up on the podcast. The old controller where it was like rectangular yeah. and you took this like knob and you scooted it down. Yeah. It was brown and white. Yes, it was brown and white. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it went like from like channel two to channel sixty. This is way back. Way back. <laughs> but as a little kid, you knew, and he had these these cable stations, right? Uh, like HBO or Showtime back then. Well, after a certain hour, um, the scary shit would come on. That's right. So during during Halloween season, you know, all the scary stuff. So there was a movie called The Car. I don't know if you remember this. And it was about this. Imagine Cujo with an automobile. Yes. yes. Right? You remember Cujo? Yeah, yeah. So The Car was basically... An automobile that was like a uh, was that was cool. It was terrorizing everybody. And I was terrified of this thing. <laughs> but it but it was the most dopest gangster car you and I think it was like it was like an old Lincoln Continental Lincoln something. I got we gotta put an image up for it too. Um but it, it became like the singular art cover for uh the six 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 cut. And anyways, my my little bro Q dot, who is crazy talented and so make beats artists all this kind of stuff entrepreneur and he sent me this beat and the bass line was like it's kind of distorted Picture the red light, quarter past 12. I'm three cars behind, stop six blocks from hell. Bells on the church, resonate through the city. It's midnight, I'm feeling like nobody with me. The light turned yellow, it start flashing. I'm having visions of Satan laughing, so photographic. Six holes pornographic, walking down the sidewalk. Titties made of plastic, they listen to their mind talk. Slow moving traffic, scenery nasty. 
carpool ain't empty, then six niggas pass me. Then I start thinking, hmm, yellow light blinking, it never turned green, no sign of the police, man. Baseline slowly being heard through the speaker. Fog running out my mouth, I'm reaching for my Nina. Miller me, the killer MC on sight. Hope y'all feeling me, Trinity, three times Christ, it goes. Six, 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 the number of these. Click, 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 sound of the streets are going. Yeah, I just loved it. As soon as I heard it, I was like, ooh. It just had that eerie. Mm-hmm. It brought me back, you know, on some Halloween shit. Like, ooh, if if if, if Halloween could go like underground hip hop, this is what it would sound like. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it was soulful though. Right. And so I wrote that that song to it with the idea that I like a video, I'm I'm riding in the car, you know what I'm saying? And then I get to this big old palace and there's these weird, nerdy dudes controlling the world and I gotta come in and disrupt it and do all. And so anyways, it just was, a, it was one of my favorite songs to write. But every time anyone came across the album, they'd be like, yo, what's this 666 about, man? What the fuck is going away? Yeah. Damn, yeah. you want some, de- <laughs> you want some devil shit with yeah, yeah. Like, no, nah, man, listen to the cut. Listen to the cut. I'm like warlording on these cats. Right. But you got to listen to it all the way. Anyways, that's that's always just as an artist. I I love I love that song. Um and just the yeah, just the nature of it, but um that album was very intentional and yeah, I just have my moments with different ones or the one for that day or or what have you. But uh Hada is a great Mm-hmm. Club one, and Hollywood Boulevard's been used in all kind of TV shows and right. stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, and you just never know what different songs are going to do. I love um, my music. Yes. My 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 favorite hip hop joint is Oh My God. Pay attention why serenade this documentary. Fusion of rock, soul, and hip-hop energy, magnetic synergy, y'all are attached to it, the world's my stage, see you running fast to it, just had to do it, feel night in my movement, plus I feel the you'll get something like Snoop did, back in 92, it's groove shit, lucid, do it, view it from my mind, the words that I'm puking, throwing up nuclear biochemical music, nothing to lose when you've been hypnotized by the nooses, hands on the wheels of the yacht, sidewinding the future, 230 pounds is touchdown in Houston. Hopped out the golf head straight to my grandpa's home. Nothing left but the naps and the cone. Cause he gone now, y'all. And I'ma carry the torch. Raise that joint to the sky till the clouds get scorched like You know, cause that's just just straight underground, old school. Um, 90s Seattle, you know, mm-hmm. underneath the concrete, yes. <laughs> water dripping out yes. the ceiling, <laughs> All the time. 60 people in the room, yes. headbanger, hip hop. That's what that is. So, yeah, every song's got, got different uh, respect from me. I'm glad you asked that question. That's a, that's a good one. But uh, So should we be expecting something new from, from Brave New World? Shine so long. So we 
we, we got something coming down the pipe that yeah. you might want to talk about. Man, or, I'm, can I'm, we talk about it? Or, or, I'm working on things, okay. bro. Okay. I'm working on things. Okay. Um, okay. I've been very busy with other ventures and, okay. and, and fighting other battles okay. and shit. Okay. Uh, Cafe Noir is, is finally uh, getting ready to come out okay. in its totality. And then um, I have a couple stored records, City of Angels and a couple of others that, that's going to be getting released. But I'm working on something brand new. Okay. That's gonna uh it's gonna rock the world. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna shift some things. It's gonna shift some things. You with us. You with us. It's gonna be something you ain't heard before. Trust me on this. Yeah, man. Trust me. A lot a lot of good energy going into music right now and um it's just a good time despite what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um COVID has shifted everything, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, but like I said, you got to adjust. That's right. That's right. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's right. The delays, the pivots, that's the... Right. That's right. That's right. I've seen more things held up in the COVID era mm -hmm. than that just what you couldn't... You would not be able to imagine it in the life before. That's right. You know? Um, so, but all you can do is um, fight through and try to be an artist about everything because it's too unpredictable because it's figuring itself out as it goes. As it goes. It's like it's its own blockchain. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it's creating its own identity every day in its life. Mm -hmm. New policy to new this, to new that, to for the first time ever. We got this, got that, got, you know, and it's like I just ride with it. And then you find where it's your time to make make that imprint, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what we're kind of focused on trying to do right now. But yeah, man, I uh, appreciate y'all. Well, no, I appreciate you because man, you know, we uh, we've been growing together. Absolutely, and 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 that's been very very important to me, but just as important to Shaw uh, that we're building together uh, this partnership this 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 camaraderie like being on a team again is so fulfilling yeah man because the sky's the limit yeah it, and it all it always is when you got a collective right it always is and that's that's the goal brave new world really that's what it is it's a network of of um great individuals from different spaces and places and we come together to achieve this or that or that or this, or this can be born from it and that can be born from it. Um, but at the end of the day, w without the people, right. uh, you know, nothing can happen. Right. Uh, like you, I was raised playing sports, raised being on teams. Mm -hmm. So I love teamwork. That's right. And it's difficult when you got a teammate, when you're used to being a teammate and you got a teammate that can't handle the tough part of the game That's right. or the, you know, yeah, so that, that's yeah. always a thing, and that that's to, that's what I'm trying to say too. That's why it's important that we're all that we're all connecting, and and um, you know, you've been developing a culture for a brand for 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 your podcast. Mm -hmm. And when you first start telling me about it, I told you, hey, I'm gonna be coming around the mountain with this stuff, and me, you know, got shit going on. It's COVID. I got to go to LA, do this, do that, blah blah blah, and so. Um, you know, you were able to find solace in that. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I have profound respect for people that have lived what they're talking about mm -hmm. and have gone through. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to um, adopt what it is that you got going on um, into what we got going on and why I felt like we could be a viable launch pad for you is because we, we believe in an honor system. You know, you've had the legacy. You've been that guy. You've been around those guys. You've been on those teams. You're 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 from here. Mm -hmm. Your family's from here, mm -hmm. and those of us that are from here, we know what this is like. Yes. Um, and so, getting that story out. So you know, it's it's also a privilege for us to help you develop where you got to go with yours. And um, I'm just glad, man, we was able to share tonight. Well, me too. Um, me too, man. Like we always do. Like we always do. And about this time. That's right. It's about this time. It's about this time. <laughs> that means it's almost time to light a cigar. That's it, baby. That means it's almost time to light a cigar. Yes, indeed. Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for your time, your energy, your love, and your patience. Uh, it's not every day that everybody gets a chance to tell their story and, get, and shed light on their journey. Uh, so appreciate you lending your ears. Um, go out and be the artist, the teammate, uh, the partner that you need to be in your world. I'm gonna give a big shout out again to my dude, G-Hop. The Grasshopper Show is gonna be coming and I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be crazy. I wanna show some love to my whole Brave New World team and thank y'all uh, for tonight. Peace, love, success, health, wealth, and prosperity. God bless always. Thank you. Thank you.